This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is um, a second shiva on the question of the Erevin Flatbush, as dated Dalit Shvat Tafshin Lamitet, and written to the uh, Vader Rabbanim of Flatbush, as chaired by uh, Rav Yisrael Pulev. Um, I will say up front that I find Rav Moshe's shiva on the Manhattan and uh, Erev specifically to be among the most difficult of his shivot. Um And I'll do my best to explain this one. Um, and to explain the Manhattan Shiva that it's based on uh, to a certain extent, but I recognize that uh, these are really, really um, hard, uncharacteristically hard Shivot of Rav Moshe, and you'll have to make up your own mind as to why um, they are. Okay, so here's what the Shiva says. Um, he says, I already explained to you orally, the reason that I hold that one should not make an Erev in Brooklyn even in one section such as Flatbush. So what's the reason I explained, he says? Because um, he held that even if you can find sections of Brooklyn uh, that are 12 mil by 12 mil the size of the Jewish encampment in the desert that don't have the required number of 600,000 to create a Rishud HaRabim Deoraisa, which would prevent um, an ordinary Erev, um, Right, which is the presumption of the number of military-aged males that were in the desert encampment, and Moshe is fully aware that there were, uh, were lots of women, not military-aged males, but nonetheless, the Gemara's Kovea, that 600,000 is the number you need for Shusharab and Doresa. So he says, why did, right, why, do I think you, why did I think you shouldn't make an air in Brooklyn at all? Mishum dekeven de ir gedola ki Brooklyn, serech levarer misha omer sheen sham sach samach ribo kishro tzalater. He says, in a city like Brooklyn, unlike it seems other cities, um, you actually have to be demonstrate, you have to prove um, empirically that there are fewer than 600,000 Because there are lots of people who work on the presumption, uh, like the reasonable um, practical presumption, that every section of Brooklyn that is 12 mil by 12 mil has 600,000 people in it. Why? Right, since, as you understand, the houses are big, there are, there are buildings with many stories, like four, five, six stories, which is most of the houses. Uh, I'm not sure that that's always true in Flatbush, but I don't have an, an overview. Right, The buildings along Ocean Parkway are bigger. Uh, when you move out, are most of them four or five stories? I would not have thought so, but I could be wrong. Um, since read, even the lowest are two or three, that's true. I think there are very few single-story buildings. Um, there are also much bigger buildings. Even 20-story apartment buildings. Um, as opposed to Right, but the uh, Jews in, in in the desert only had one story tents. Uh, we're not we're not aware of two story tents in the desert. It seems unlikely there were twenty story tents. I don't know how you would build that. Therefore, he says, even though our streets are twice as wide as the streets in the Midbar, so you can understand 
why we might think that there's less density in Brooklyn than there was in the Midbar because the streets are uh, the street the streets are wider, so there should be less population uh, density because their streets were only sixteen um, wide, and our streets are hundred feet wide, none um, or at least sixty feet wide. Nonetheless, right, four lane four lane um, street is I think minimally sixty four street wide. Plus there's the sidewalk, so there's a lot more open space. Rav Moshe uh, contends in Brooklyn than there was in the Midbar. But most people, most people would presume that in Flatbush and um, and in fact in every section of Brooklyn that it measures the size of the Midbar, there are more people than there were in the in the desert encampment. Okay, so Moshe says, and maybe he's making a general rule, that whenever there is a popular assumption that the facts are one way, if you want to paskin the other way, you can't paskin the other way based on your own estim- um, estimation. You have to demonstrate it. Right? You can't say it seems reasonable to me or take... Right? And maybe he means you have to demonstrate it to the absolute extent possible. Um, what would you consider sufficient? I don't know, census tracts? I mean, do you, do you actually census? I don't know how you would demonstrate for each section. I guess for, for whatever section you're trying to build the Arab around, you'd have to be 100% clear that there were not 600,000 people. And then Rav Moshe is going to ar- argue that the 600,000 doesn't necessarily only mean people who live there um, at the time, but it could mean people who um, who pass through. Um, and then there's the question of maybe it's maybe once there's 600,000 people in the whole city, it doesn't matter how many there are in this section, right? All sorts of interesting questions, but that's not the issue that addresses here. The issue addresses here is, um, right, so right, so now you have to you have to demonstrate it, right? Whatever your standard of 600,000 is, if there's a popular presumption that that standard for Shusarab and Deraisa has been met, you have to demonstrate that it's false. And now he says, And since you have to demonstrate this, so it turns out that even if, in fact, there are fewer than 600,000 people, and you have succeeded in demonstrating this empirically to his full satisfaction, but most people will never find out that you have demonstrated this. Not only the um, in the world will people not know this, but even the people who live there won't know it. And therefore, what they will say is, aha, you can put up a an air of using using a Sarasa Pesach as opposed to actual walls uh, anywhere, even where there are six hundred thousand uh, six hundred thousand um, people. And if you have a look at the cool, it'll end up that they will make Arabs in places which have more than six hundred thousand people in them, and that will cause a massive halachic disaster. Okay, now there's a lot of steps there, right? Um, a, right, a that popular assumption it creates a dem- creates a requirement of empiric demonstration. Maybe that's okay, but then the claim that even after you engage in the demonstration, that there's no way you could possibly inform the population. Um, why not? I mean, you build the air, right, put up big signs so people will forget eventually. So, uh, it's an astonishing claim that there is a fact as um, as easily communicable as the claim that there are a few hundred to six hundred thousand people in a particular section, it's pretty astonishing that that's a, that, that claim is Chesed um, Moshe utterly, um, utter, utterly um, unrebuttable, right? There's, no, you could, there's nothing you could do to convince him 
that you can convey to the population that there are fewer than 600,000 people here. Um, now, the next thing is, right, now, what is the real risk? How many other cities are there that that meet this standard of 600,000 unloaded in every section? That's also odd. Uh, Rav Moshe Mio points, points out in the in the other show that he's going to cite in a moment that in Europe there were no cities that were considered as Rabim Diorisa. So I guess there are more nowadays, and that may be what he's worried about, that uh, populations are growing, so there will be more and more Rishas Rabim Diorisa, such that we're concerned about. Uh, but now Rav Moshe has to deal with an underlying question, which is... Do we have any evidence? Right, the halacha says that this is not a rishus rabbin so you've demonstrated that. The halacha is that when something's not a rishus rabbin that you can um, you can put up a surah of pesach and it becomes a rishus and now you can create an area of chaseros and everybody can carry in it. So Rav Moshe could conceivably argue that it's bad policy, um, but is it? It sounds like almost like he's making a new gzera. You can't make uh, an area in these kind of circumstances because people won't know. Somebody else says, no, I think they will, be, they will be able to find out, or I don't think this is such a big concern. People know that they have to ask whether the Arab is valid or not. Um, and why would anyone, you know, so the concern that lay people will put up, um, Arab, will put up Arab in is a pretty odd idea. Um, so where does he get the, you know, the right to say that so many people have to live without an Arab on Shabbos because he has this concern? So he says, the we can see another instance where Chazal were Choshesh and did not allow something, did not allow an Erev because they were concerned that other people would misapply the permit, the permission of this Erev to another place. So that's not quite enough to say that Chazal were Gozer in this case, but it creates an analogy that maybe lets him make a policy claim. Um, well, he seems to be making a stronger claim. Um, from the case of the, uh, the Chachamim, um, we can see the Chachamim Rechoshesh because they never made the Erev Chatseros to pass in Yerushalayim, because they never, um, Chazal never made an, never made an Erev about um, you know, creating the permissibility to carry between Rishosh uh, and all different Rishosh owned by different people in Yerushalayim. Now, how does he know that? So he says, um, took a look, take a look at Erev and Kuf Aleph and Aleph and Rashi, the Ramas Mahadro, and see Igris Moshe Chelik Alosim Kuflamitet Anafe, and other he says it become exeros too with other kinds of exeros like this. So can't talk about what the other exeros um, like this are. There are exeros Yomru things like that. So you have cases where um, right, so you can certainly bring uh, examples of that. But in most of those cases, I don't think it causes the quite the uh, public burden that not having erev chaseros um, is. You now the. Evidence from the Rashi uh, in Erevin and Kuf Aleph, I mean, Aleph is really a um, very difficult. I have to say it's not not um, not so convincing. But the Ramosh's overall argument is like this: there is a story in the Gemara uh, about uh, was there's Machlok in the Mishnah about what you're supposed to do in a particular circumstance um, when you're standing. Are you allowed to open? Are you allowed to open a door that's in Rosh Hashanah when you're standing Rosh Hashanah and vice versa? Um, and the Chachamim say to Rimeir in this case, "Masa b'shuk shel petamim shayab Yerushalayim, shehu noolin u'manichin v'avteach b'chalon shel gabe apetach." Now, what matters to Rav Moshe here is not any of the details of the case. What matters to him is that here you have a story in Yerushalayim 
and they're worried about carrying. Why are they worried about carrying? Um, Yerushalayim is a city that has walls. So Rav Moshe derives from this that um, right, there's two possibilities. One possibility is that even with walls, um, it was not Yerushalayim. That's a big position that he that he addresses in that Shuvah about Manhattan Erev, that maybe maybe once you have 600,000 people, even a wall uh, doesn't doesn't turn it into Erushas Hayachid, it only turns it into a Carmelist, which cannot be resolved by Erevin. Um, that's his argument against the Manhattan Erev, but here he's making a different argument. He says, but according to the position that it does become Mutter, so why wouldn't they make an Erev? Um, and yet, it seems to him clear there was never an Erev in Erev in Yerushalayim, because otherwise, because here there is a case where there are walls, and, um, and nonetheless, there's um, it's not Mutter to carry. So he points out, well, we could always say, well, the area was down that week. Uh, but he thinks that's that's an absurd supposition that the story just happened to have, just happened to be when the um, when the when the area was down. Okay, it could also be that Yerushalayim was riven by political conflict. It could be that the very same machloket about whether you could allow Erevin right Erevin in, in a city of six hundred thousand people with walls. But okay, Ramosius takes it as a given that Yerushalayim did not have an Erev. He also takes it as a given that rabbis have an obligation to create an Erev, and therefore, he says, if rabbis have an obligation to create an Erev, and there was no Erev in Yerushalayim, it must be that you're not allowed to use an Erev in Yerushalayim. And since we're talking according to the position that it should theoretically be mutter to have an Erev, there must be some other reason other than the fact of, of it being a Carmelist that didn't allow the Erev, and the solution to that is that Yerushalayim is a city which has many tourists, and a city which has many tourists, people will come, carry in that city, and then they'll go back elsewhere. Right? So in Moshe's case, the people he's afraid that people will come to Yerushalayim and carry, and they'll go back to their towns that don't have walls, and they'll carry in those towns as well. Um, then he says, and he says this applies to Manhattan because uh, Manhattan also is a city with many tourists. But now that argument, right, which again is an assumption, you know, that because the Gemara has one story in which. They couldn't carry in Yerushalayim. He thereby derives that there was never an Erev Chatseris in Yerushalayim, and then he everybody assumed that he can know why that was. It wasn't for any practical reason. It was because of a halachic reason. And then he, the, the only halachic reason he can think of, according to the Shita that Abi Mutter, is that they're worried about tourists. And then he applies that to Manhattan, and now he says, and if they're worried about tourists, so then here too in. Uh, in Brooklyn, we should be worried about tourists, but the, right, believing that you can build an Arab um, even in a city, um, that you can build an Arab even in a city of six hundred thousand people, because they won't know that this city is smaller than that. All right, so that's those. That's the overall argument he brings against the um, Flatbush Arab, and the claim is that there are circumstances where no matter how well you have clarified the facts, we presume that you cannot convey those facts sufficiently to. Um, Sufficiently to people, and therefore you have to create. An, you have to um, not do something. Maybe even create an issue to do something, because of the risk that people um, will misapply it. So that's an interesting question, specifically with regard to Erevin, whether that is the case, um, whether it's still the case in an era of mass communication. Uh, and I will leave those um, issues to you. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.